Let's turn to the book of Esther tonight. We'll be in the book of Esther, chapter number four, and we have already enjoyed church. You know, life's too short to belong to a dead church, and uh, I'm certainly glad that uh, uh, I'm part of the Emmanuel Baptist Church, glad of what God's doing, and uh, Esther, chapter number four, I am aware of the time, and according to my calculations, we have about an hour and a half uh, before we need to be done, and uh, uh, you know, the kids don't have school tomorrow. You're just going to go home and watch TV anyway. Uh, Esther chapter number four. Tonight, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my best to just stay right on uh, the message tonight, right on the outline tonight. But I will tell you, it's one of those dangerous messages when I'm just going to uh, share my heart, uh, share what God has put on my heart uh, and so I want us to uh, look at Esther chapter number four. I, I hope you, you read your Bible enough. I hope you get into the Word of God enough where you have passages of Scripture that just become your favorite passages. And when you don't know what to do, you just go back to those passages of Scripture. And you, you hold to them. God uses them in your life. And uh, the longer you live, the longer you serve God, the more you're going to need those passages of Scripture. Certainly the entire Bible is inspired. The entire Bible is the words of God. But God uses certain passages of Scripture, I believe, in the life of, of every Christian. And I call them my favorites. I call them uh, those foundation principles of my life that I go back to. And such is one of the passages that, that's one of my favorites tonight. But I believe uh, there's much in it for us to learn. Esther chapter number 4, uh, very well-known verses, starting with verse number 13. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time. Then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Then Esther bade them return, Mordecai their answer. Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go in unto the king, where is not a, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. If you know the Word of God, if, you, if you're familiar with this passage of Scripture, you know uh, the setting that we find, Esther chapter number 4. Esther is a Jew, and by the hand of God, she has become the queen. And she is a queen at a specific time, at a specific place in history. Uh, wicked men have worked to try and exterminate God's people, as they have been doing since this time. Uh, but God has put someone in place to help preserve his people. This is the setting that we find ourselves. We find Mordecai letting Esther know what is going on. And there's some key things in this verse I want us to see tonight, but I want to preach on this subject. The right place at the right time. The right place at the right time. Uh, so many times we use that as if we're talking of coincidence. Uh, things just happen to be. Esther was in the right place at the right time because God ordained it to be so. Tonight, I want us to think of that. Father, I pray that you'll uh, help us tonight. What a wonderful day we've already had. 
Uh, great, great services this morning. Additions to the church. Uh, Father, tonight already for, through the music, the fellowship, uh, hearing from our uh, missionary brother what a, what, 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 a, what a challenge we've already had. But Father, I pray that this message that you've placed on my heart tonight, I pray that uh, we'll be eager to listen, we'll be eager to allow the Holy Spirit of God to work in our heart and our life. And Father, may we as a church, may we make ourselves available to do even more, to do beyond what we even think that we're capable of doing. And Father, I do believe that you've put this church in this particular place at this particular time for a purpose, for a reason. And Father, I pray that you'll be with your people tonight. May we uh, listen to what you have for us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, of course, we know the, the story of Esther, and I've already given us a summary leading up to Esther chapter number 4. Uh, but I will remind you that Esther is the queen not because of coincidence. Esther is the queen because of the hand of God. Uh, he has chosen her for this particular time, this particular place. We can say it as we say, you hear that, that saying said, we say it, the right place at the right time. Think of your salvation for just a moment. Think of when you heard the gospel and you just happened to be in the right place at the right time. It wasn't a coincidence that you walked into the church that day. It wasn't a coincidence that the Sunday school teacher took a little bit longer in that Sunday school class. It wasn't a coincidence that somebody knocked on your door. It wasn't a coincidence that when you heard the gospel, whether it was the gospel track or somebody opened the word of God and presented to you the gospel, that was not a coincidence. You just didn't happen to be at the right place at the right time. God ordained for you to be of a mindset where you could hear the gospel and someone was faithful to, to preach the gospel. Somebody was faithful to present the gospel. I've I often wondered how many times somebody was ready to hear the gospel. They showed up where they were going to show up, but there was somebody on the other side that was not in the right place at the right time. We are here at this place in history. Do you realize, think about this. This morning, our Sunday school lesson talked about the glory of God, talked about the greatness of God. That God gave you life. That God sent His Son to die for you. That God designed a specific plan that only you can fulfill. That God puts you here at this point in this time. And if you're a member of the Emmanuel Baptist Church, it's not an accident that you're here. Sometimes you may scratch your head and say, how did I end up in an old-fashioned, independent, fundamental Baptist, Baptist church? Some of you who were my teachers, my Sunday school teachers, my school teachers, you really have to scratch your head and say, how in the world did that kid I always put in attention, how is he my pastor now? Because God has ordained it to be so. And uh, no, it's the, it, it, we, we look at where, how are we all here? I tell you this all the time. I believe with my whole heart that God has me here. His will for my life is to be the pastor of this church. I believe it is what God has for me. But wait a minute. It, it, God is just as much the will of God for you to be a member of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. I have spiritual obligations as the pastor. You have spiritual obligations as the member. God has us here. He's assembled us here at the right place 
at the right time because I believe there's something that God would have us to do for Him. God has blessed this church. God has used this church. I was thinking today in my Sunday afternoon, I think a lot about uh, missions, and I go through uh, our missionaries, and that's the time I have set aside to uh, pray for our different missionaries. And I was thinking of, of the almost 40 missionary families that we've been able to add just in the last six years to support. And what, a, what, a, what, 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 a, what an unbelievable thing that is for a church uh, to, to catch that vision of world missions and to give. Uh, we, 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 have, we have had church in a tent while we're giving to missions uh, because there's something that we're supposed to do at the right place at the right time. Uh, we're getting ready to move in just a few weeks. I don't believe it's a coincidence that we're going to where we're going. I don't believe it's just uh, that, well, we have no other options. Oh, we had options, but I believe that is where God has us because there's something He wants of us as a church in the future. Christian, uh, you're here because God has a purpose for you. God has a plan for you. Often, we look at what somebody else is doing. You may have heard that the missionary brother come up tonight and say, well, I could never do what he's doing. Well, let me help you with that. That might not be what God has for you to do. But God has something for you to do. And we are here at the right place, the right time. Esther was just trying to fulfill the life that God has given her. Uh, I want to give, uh, I'm going to mention just a few things tonight uh, that I want us to think about as we think of what God has for us as a church. We think what God has for us as Christians. We think what God has for us as families uh, in, the, in the future. I, th- I want to think with the mindset of even missions uh, as we uh, ponder what God would have us to do. Uh, we have missionaries out of our church raising deputation. We have uh, many that we have uh, helped in that regard. We have many of you that have young people who have said, I believe God wants me to serve in the area of missions. Well, God has a design for each and every one of us. Let's consider some things tonight from the life of Esther. Uh, in verse 13, we see that Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. Esther was the queen. Esther had an opportunity to do something about the situation they were in. What Mordecai was reminding her is the first thing I'll mention to you when we think of the right place at the right time, when we think of the work of God, we think of the great task that's ahead of us, think of the billions of souls that are on planet earth, and friend, if churches like ours are not sending missionaries, and churches like ours are not consumed with reaching the lost, it's not going to happen. We think of that in the perspective of just in our own city, the task at hand for us in this growing city of Jacksonville, and the opportunity that we have ahead of us. I want us to see, number one, doing nothing is never an option. That is never an option. And that is what Mordecai is reminding Esther in, in verse number 13. Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape. Think not, not Esther, if you decide to sit this one out, don't think that you're going to escape from this. Think not that if you just decide that it's not worth you stepping forward and not you by faith acting and not you fulfilling what God has placed you in this opportunity to do. See, doing nothing is never an option. I want to remind the Emmanuel Baptist Church, not giving the faith promise missions is not an option. 
That's not even an option on the table. Why? Because there are others depending on us giving so uh, families could go and so uh, families can preach the gospel. Hey, not going soul winning is not an option. Not passing out a track is not an option. Not, not getting in your prayer closet, that's not an option. Too many Christians today look at the life that God has given them and say, somebody else will do it. The pastor will do it. The staff will do it. Brother so-and-so will do it. Sister so-and-so will do it. But I want to remind us tonight, you've got one life. God placed you on this planet at this time. He made you a part of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. He knew the crazy things that would pop in my head. And he knew what he was a task that he would set for us to do. And I'm here to remind us that, that we're here at the right place at the right time. Because this is when God has us here. And doing nothing is not an option. There's too many churches assuming somebody else is going to do it. There's too many Christians assuming somebody else is going to do it. Doing right is or doing nothing is never an option. Everybody has something that they can do. Everybody has something that only they can do. Could you imagine if what it would be like if every member Every member of the Emmanuel Baptist Church grabbed a hold of what I was saying tonight. <clears throat> and they really took a hold of the fact that God placed them here and there's something that only they could do. There's somebody that only they can encourage. There's somebody that, that, that God is going to press upon them to rise up early in the morning or stay up late at night and, 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 and enter the throne room of God on their behalf. There's only somebody, friend, that the pastor is not going to run into everybody you're going to run into this week that needs a gospel witness. You're here at this time, part of this work, this ministry, doing nothing is never an option. We must be reminded of that. We must understand that, that we have a task that God has set before us, and we have got to be reminded, hey, it's, it's, I, th I praise God for what He did in generations past. I love to read the biographies of what God has done. I love to read even the missionary biographies of, of great missionaries like Hudson Taylor. But let me tell you what gets me just as excited hearing somebody today who says there's 17 churches that's been started because we just decided God put us here. It's what God had for us to do. Hey, friend, nobody can rear your children like you can rear your children. Nobody can teach that class like you can teach that class. And there's a work for God that needs to be done. Doing, an, doing nothing is just not an option. Let's take that option off the table. Uh, something must be done. Number two, need presents opportunity. Opportunity reveals purpose. We say that again. Need presents opportunity. Opportunity reveals purpose. Let me remind you what verse 14 says. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. Who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Esther had risen to queen. It's obvious the hand of God that she became the queen. It was unknown that she was a Jew. God had placed her in that, in that situation. And now, I wonder how many times she must have thought, why do I have the favor of the king? Why do I have the favor with the king's court? God, why have you put me here? Certainly, it, it, there, there was privilege with being the queen. 
Certainly there was advantage to wearing the crown that she wore on her head. But Mordecai reminds her here that this might be the very purpose, the very reason why God placed you in the situation that He placed you in. Let me say it like I've already mentioned to you. Need presents opportunity. There is a need for somebody to intervene on behalf of God's people. Now there's a need. Now it presents the opportunity. There's an opportunity that Esther had that she didn't know she had. She didn't, ha- she didn't realize it was an opportunity before the need was presented. And now that the need is known, it presents an opportunity for something to be done. And with that opportunity, it reveals perhaps this is why. God has placed me in the kingdom. Perhaps this is why all along that His hand has moved so that I could be here today. And friend, let me help you with something. As soon as we move, there's going to be new Sunday school classes that need to be taught. And there's going to be an opportunity for many to teach a Sunday school class. And with that opportunity, you are going to have revealed to you that that perhaps is the reason why God placed you on this planet so that you can teach the Word of God to young men or young ladies and that they can go out and serve God with their life. When the need comes, then the opportunity is presented and then it's revealed to us, this might be what God has placed me on this planet for. This might be, hey, young parents, you got children in your home. You have, you have those babies in the nursery. Let me realize that God has, remind you that God has entrusted you with a, with, with a great responsibility to rear those children according to the Word of God so they, they might serve God. So many times we as God's people, we just live our life and then a need arises. I can think of maybe there's somebody in the building tonight that you hear a need of a foreign country. I'm certain there's opportunity for you to go. Until you embrace the fact that there's a need and embrace the fact that there's an opportunity, you're not ever going to find, you're not ever going to understand that this might be why God has placed me here on this planet for such a time as this. Friend, God needs you. God wants to use you. I love reading church history. I love reading what God has done through churches. But I got to be honest with you. Uh, we got to we got to we got to face this. The reality of this. Uh, some of those churches are off of the scene. God has us here at this time, at this place, with an opportunity. There is a great need, not just in this world. There's a great need, and not just in this country. There's a great need in our own city, in our own backyard, and the need is there. And friend, I can find you an opportunity to serve. I can find. I can and show you somebody who needs to arrive to church. I can show you somebody who needs the Word of God taught to them. And you might just discover that God has you here for such a time as this so that you can be part of the work of God. Need presents opportunity. Opportunity reveals purpose. Number three. Aren't you proud of how fast I'm moving? Third statement is this. Spiritual preparation must be made. Here, here, here's, I believe with every, every, every point I'm going to make tonight, it touches on a general problem in churches. It 
touches on a general problem in the life of Christians. There's some, they think that doing nothing is the only option. But I'm here to remind us tonight, that is not an option. We find here in verse number 15, Then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer, Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. Esther was wise enough, yes. I'm sure at this point she's considering. Just perhaps God placed me here for this purpose. Perhaps this is why he has allowed that crown to be placed on my head. Perhaps this is why, because the opportunity he's given me. But Esther was wise enough to realize spiritual preparations had to be made in order to accomplish the task that God has set before her. Here lies a great obstacle in the life of many Christians. You see the need. You realize the opportunity. There are some, even in the room tonight, as wonderful as a church this is, and I believe it's the greatest church on God's planet, as great of a church this is, there are some in the room tonight, you know what it is that God has placed you here for. At least at this point, you know the task that is ahead of you, but there's a problem. You don't want to pay the price spiritually to accomplish what it is that God would have you to accomplish. Oh, we love, at least I love, the boldness. If some of our preachers today could have the boldness of, of this lady Esther and say, if I perish, I perish. I mean, I could preach a whole sermon on that tonight. But long before the boldness comes, that you pray and fast for me, and I'll, I'll pray and fast for myself, and I'm going to prepare myself spiritually so that I can do the task that God has at hand. There's a reason why, young man, you can have the call to preach on your life, but you'll never enter a pulpit. It's because you don't want to pay the price spiritually. You don't want to remove the things out of your life that needs to be moved out of your life. You don't want to live by the faith that is required to do what it is that God has called you to do. Hey, young lady, there's a reason. You feel, hey, this is what I would like to do in my life. And, oh, I have these dreams of serving God in this capacity. And I have these dreams of using the talents that God has given me in this way. But you don't want to pay the price spiritually. You don't want to remove the things from your life that need to be removed. You don't want to spend the time in prayer and sacrifice and doing what needs to be done. Oh, I would say that this evening, every couple who has children still in, the, still in the house, you have dreams for them to serve God. You have dreams for God to use them in a great way. Wouldn't it be wonderful if God called my child to the mission field? Wouldn't it be wonderful for God to use them in a great capacity? But mom and dad, you've got to pay the price spiritually. You've got to be willing to keep things out of your home and fight the battles to, to keep your children clean and pure. You might even have to look at your own family and say, no, we're not going to have that around here because there's something that I want my children to be able to do for the Lord. You've got to be willing to pay the price spiritually. 
As many of you, you look at service in the church and you say, I've got talent to do that, I've got talent to do that. Why is God allowing that person to do it? Why is pastor allowing that person to do it? The reason is, is because they're not relying on their talent or their ability. They are depending on their spiritual preparation. They spend time with God. They spend time in their prayer closet. They want to serve God, but they're going to prepare themselves spiritually. I wonder how many churches have never been pastored. Because somebody just wasn't willing to prepare themselves spiritually. I wonder how many ministries of men have been ruined because the lady they married liked the idea of being in the ministry but didn't want to pay the price spiritually to be there. I wonder how many little boys sat in a Sunday school class. They depended on a teacher to be filled with the Spirit of God, to teach them the Word of God, and to invest in their life so they could have opportunities they otherwise would not have. But friend, it takes spiritual preparation to do the work. God's revealed it in Scripture for us. I believe as this, this information is coming to Queen Esther, and she's processing it as fast as she possibly can, just maybe this is why God has placed me here. That's just part of the realization. Now the preparation has got to kick in. And if I'm going to do what God has placed me here to do, I've got to prepare myself spiritually. Go tell Mordecai. Get all the people of Shushan and have them fast and pray for me for three days. Could you imagine what would happen in the life of a pastor if his people would fast and pray uh, for the spiritual uh, battles that he faces? Could you imagine what would happen in the life of a child if mom and dad would, would fast and pray for their own child? Could you imagine what could happen in a neighborhood if somebody would just pray over it and say, I'm going to fast and pray until God gives me souls in that neighborhood? Could you imagine what would happen in the life of a missionary if they would not just look at statistics of of, the, of a population, but say, I'm going to prepare myself spiritually so that God can fulfill through my life what He has put me here to do. I am thankful the emphasis we have at the Emmanuel Baptist Church. I'm thankful that we rear up our children, this other generation, to serve God with their life. I'm thankful that in some ways it is the thing to do. But on the other side of that coin, well, I want everybody to listen to me tonight, especially those young adults and you teenagers that feel like you want to serve God with your life and you have a call on your life. That very well may be why God has placed you here on this planet, but you better prepare yourself spiritually. It's not going to happen just because you want it to happen. It's not going to happen just because you walk down an aisle one day. It's only going to happen if you're prepared to pay the price spiritually. There's great things that await the Emmanuel Baptist Church. I'm convinced of it. There's wonderful things, things that we cannot even comprehend that God wants to do. But it's more than just moving the 20 acres. It's more than just adding seats to our capacity. It's more than just a nice-looking 
spreadsheet, a financial spreadsheet. That's not where it gets done. All of that is important. But friend, if we pray any less, we study our Bibles any less, we live by faith any less, then God's work is not going to get done. I am convinced there are a lot, there's a host of people across this planet. They have an understanding of what God would have them do with their life, but they're just not prepared to pay the price spiritually. Spiritual preparation must be made. It must be made. Number four, and finally. I want us to see in verse number 16 again. After Esther compels and makes the case for the spiritual preparation. Perhaps the most famous words in the book of Esther is spoken at the end of verse 16. Which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. Let me just make the fourth statement tonight. The cause is worth the risk. The cause is worth the risk. But I may push away family. The cause is worth the risk. I may actually lose my life. The cause is worth the risk. I, 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 might, I might lose some friends. The cause is worth the risk. I would hate to think that one day at that grand reunion we're rubbing elbows with some of these Bible characters that we read about. And I, I, I don't know what we're all going to think. I don't, I don't know how it's all going to be, and neither do you, by the way. But I, I would hate to think that I'm rubbing shoulders with somebody, and it's like, well, why didn't you fulfill the will of God for your life? Well, there's just some friends I didn't want to give up. What God placed me here, what God created me for, you know what I believe. I don't believe God creates anybody and says, now I've got to create a will, I've got to create a plan. I believe God creates a plan, then he, then he gives life to a specific person to fulfill that plan. The reason why I did not do what God gave me life to do is because I didn't want to give up a friendship, or I didn't want to face the unpopularity, or I didn't want to take that hard stand, or I didn't want to make the sacrifices. And in the case of some parents, they'll move from a Bible-preaching church like this because of the emphasis that is placed on the young people, and they'll say, well, I don't want that pressure placed on them. Friend, the cause is greater than is worth it's worth the risk. If I perish, I perish. Oh, we 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 champion Queen Esther. Do we have the same boldness? Do we have the same spirit? If I perish, I perish. Say, so Pastor, all these plans and all these things you're pushing us to do, what if we don't accomplish it? I hadn't even thought about that. I hadn't even thought about that. As I reminded you this morning, I, I, there's a lot up here. There's a, there's, a, there's a lot. I've never been accused of not having vision. I've never been accused of, 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 not, of, not, of not shooting for things for God. I've never been accused of that. But I would hate to think that God is limited by what I could dream up. Because there's a cause. There's a cause. 
I perish, I perish. I still believe in the cause of holiness. I still be, believe in the cause of personal soul winning. I still believe in the cause of an inspired book. I still believe in the cause of reaching the world with the gospel. The cause is worth the risk. Along the way, parents, happens in the life of every child. That rebellion, that spirit, pushes back a little bit. I'm certain every parent has had a time or two in, their, in, 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 the, in the life of their child where they wonder, what are they going to choose? Which way are they going to go? Are they going to listen to how they've been instructed? Are they going to heed the warnings of Scripture? And sometimes you risk making them upset with you. But the cause of their life is worth the risk. I'll be honest with you. There are times as a pastor when I have to fulfill the obligation. If, if, if all of my only requirement as a pastor was to study the Word of God or pray and get up here and preach, oh, oh, I, 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 oh I, I could do that. But as the shepherd, there are times when you have to shepherd your sheep. There are times you have to confront your sheep. There are times you can see a sheep straying. And oh, you know, well, if, if, I, if I draw, and there are times when wolves will try and come in uh, from, from outside, and as a shepherd you draw the line and say, this is where I stand. You're not going to come any further. You're not going to move me from my position. And you always wonder, who is it? That's not going to agree with that. Who is it that's going to get upset about that? But let me tell you, the cause is worth the risk. This is His church. We have something that we must do. He has a purpose for us. And I want everybody to stay in this so that we can together accomplish something for the Lord. But if you decide that you're going to get offended by something that's said or done, I'm just going to go ahead and apologize ahead of time. But I'm not changing what we are doing because the cause is worth the risk. If I perish, I perish. There's much here in these few verses. And I close tonight by reminding us one more time. God had positioned everything to have Esther at the right place at the right time so that she could fulfill a specific task. I don't have to remind you or even posed the question to you tonight of what would have happened if she had not stepped up. It's obvious. It's obvious. But I wonder what eternity will reveal for who, Christians who God maneuvered and had them at the right place at the right time. I believe there's an eternity that will reveal somebody who, just like Esther said, doing nothing is not an option. It has to be done. The opportunity is here.
The purpose is revealed. I'm going to prepare myself spiritually. I'm going to do the cause. is great. I'm going to risk everything for the cause. Eternity will reveal the souls that were saved, the Christians that were encouraged. But on the flip side of that, eternity will reveal those who God had in the right place at the right time. But perhaps they didn't want to pay the spiritual price. Perhaps they did not want to, to sacrifice as they would need to, be, need to sacrifice. And the crown on their head and the comfort of their life was not worth altering to save the future of somebody else. If Esther had not stepped forward, we'd have a different opinion of her tonight. How selfish. But if we don't step forward, if we're fair, we must have the same opinion. Somebody is counting on you. There's grandmas and granddads in the service tonight. And if you don't pray for your grandchild, nobody else is going to. Hey, mom and dad, if you don't fight the devil for your children, who's going to? Emmanuel Baptist Church. If we don't keep casting the vision, if we don't keep pursuing souls, if we don't keep stepping out by faith, if we don't continue to say, God, would you use us in a greater way and, reveal, and be reminded that God has us here at this point in history, at this time, He designed all of us to do a work for Him together. If we're not reminded of that and we're not prepared to pay the spiritual price, there may be some, uh, some, some, some money we don't spend on some things that it's okay to have, but we want to do something greater for God. There might be some activities that we could participate in, but we have a work that we have to do for God. There's got to be a spiritual price paid so that the cause... So the cause can go forward. Father.